The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's as good a place as any to start. Welcome to sex and other human activities. Oh, man. Just let one out yourself. Let's do it. Oh yeah, we're having a time. We're having a time, I guess. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a, an odd feeling day here in New York City. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. There's something in the air. I guess everything's been feeling a little odd. I think it's yeah. I think there's a lot of things. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think that there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of psychic fallout right now. I guess. Yeah, it'll fuck with you a little bit. Oh yeah, went into a little hole. Yeah, we all did. I think a lot of people went into that little hole, but I got out again. Oh yeah, I'm I, back. I had to get myself out. I, I spent. I definitely spent Wednesday. I just dropped out of the world completely, um, just to just I don't know, think about shit. Oh yeah, I didn't uh, answer emails. I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I yeah. just sat on the couch and watched television, like I just mindless mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, and then I woke up on Friday uh, or on Thursday. Uh, felt a little bit better, and then by Friday, I was like, all right, time to stop moping, time to get back to life. You got to pick up your bootstraps. Yeah, got to pick up your bootstraps and get back to shit, man. Hell yeah, that's baby. That's the way you do it. Well, well, one thing that we wanted to talk uh, about today is something that's kind of building on what we were talking about on the last episode, uh, when we were talking about, I think it was during uh, answering a letter, uh, when we were talking about uh, having a partner that's able to understand your mental illness, the other side of that that we wanted to talk about is having mental illness and understanding your partner and where the fuck they're coming from. Right. Uh, and in fact, I, you know, I'm kind of going through that a little bit right now because when you're, when you really have like a mental illness and, and when you're, you know, I guess as focused on it as we are, you can become a little bit too focused on it. Uh, you can really make it a, a big part of your personality, so big that it can almost become your entire personality. Uh, and you can become a... Slave to maintenance. I guess. And it's also using it as an excuse as well. Oh, absolutely using it as an excuse. Uh, and one of the things that I kind of, that I've, you know, gotten called out on uh, was it's, I think what is it with mental illness sometimes is that, you know, we can somehow make our hard times more valuable and more valid than other people's hard times who don't suffer from mental illness, you know, where it's, it's like, oh, you're having a hard time. Well, I'm always having a hard time. I'm always having a hard right. time. Life is always hard for me. Life is a constant struggle for me. And you'll never understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, sometimes yeah. you do get to that. I mean, when you're really having a rough time and you just think, I mean, it's that same thing. I feel like you go back to being a teenager where you're just like, no one understands what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Only what's happening inside my brain do I understand what I'm going through. And, and that's not true. Yeah. And even if they do understand what you're going through, it's, you know, you can't say like, yeah, you understand why I'm going through. Uh, but then getting mad about that, right. getting mad about them understanding what you're going through is like, you understand what I'm going through. You know exactly what's happening to me. Why, why are you coming at me with something like right. what, like, uh, why are, why are you bringing your problems to me? I've got enough problems already. Uh, and it invalidates the other person's problems, you know, it, and, and that is an extremely harmful and a very selfish thing to do. Uh, it's fucking awful. Uh, and that's something that we all have to watch out for. And especially in a partnership where, you know, I am in a partnership with someone who does not, he doesn't 
really have anything going on. I mean, <laughs> not like that, but I mean, like, no mental illness. He doesn't have, like, you know, a crippling past. He, you know, he's just... He's a guy. He's a dude. Yeah. And so now through the years that we, you know, I've talked about it on here that he is good with dealing with me, that afterwards sometimes he's like, you never think about how I feel when you're going through that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, it's not about you. He's like, I understand that it's not about me, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect me. Exactly. And that is something that, that I had to come to realize that even though he gets it, that I'm not angry and raging at him that he's still a person yeah and he still watches me go through it and he still is concerned and there it's really difficult that you know no matter what you say to not at least take it three percent to heart yeah because you no matter what even though it's difficult for me to control there's no reason for me to put it at him and be like well i said it wasn't about you mm-hmm because we're people we're human beings yeah of course you have to acknowledge that like you have to acknowledge that yeah okay yeah like you have to acknowledge that even though they don't take it completely and totally personally there's a little bit of them that's gonna you know there's just i mean that's just being human that's just being that's just the human condition is like no matter how much their rational brain says yeah i don't take it personally it's not about me it's you know it's something that's just going on with them uh there's still going to be some part of them that does take it personally and you got to appreciate that you know you have to appreciate that and you you have to acknowledge that uh because if you don't then you're taking advantage of that person. You're taking advantage of the person that loves you enough to accept you for who you are. Uh, and that will only end in tears. Well, and that's why now that we're talking about the past, you know, like when in my partnership, we talk about the past and, and at different times when I wasn't as aware of what I was doing and especially what I was doing to him, he always refers to it as the, as the time I was difficult to love. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's not that I didn't love you. It's not that I ever stopped. It's that there were times that you were difficult to love because you wouldn't let me. Yeah. And that's hard to hear because at the time we didn't talk about it. And, you know, I would just keep him at arm's length and he would give me space, but I didn't realize how much I hurt him. And now that we're able to talk about that, I don't want to be that anymore. And I mean, that does not mean it's not going to happen. Yeah. They're definitely, but I am more aware of it now that even when I'm in the throes of something, I can be like, I have to check in. I have to, you know, look him in the eye. I can't push him away. It can't just be that. There has to be at least a part connection because I don't want to be difficult to love. I just am. But communication helps with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, communication is key in the entire thing. Like, If you don't communicate what's going on, if you don't communicate how much you appreciate the other person, uh, then they're not going to know. You know, they're, they're absolutely not going to know. And you also, even when you're going through your own bullshit, even when you're going through some of your hard times, you got to remember that their life doesn't stop. Just because you're going through a hard time does not mean that your partner's life stops, that shit stops bothering them, that their entire, that all of their emotions are put on hold uh, while you're getting your shit together. They're still going through shit, too. And they're also going through shit because you're going through shit, you know, because they love you. Uh, if they love you, then they're absolutely going to be affected by what you're going through. If you're going through a hard time, then it's going to affect them, too. Uh, and it definitely doesn't have to be something where you have to focus on them. Uh, what you have to do, though, is you have to check in and be like, hey, thank you for being here with me and all this. How are you? 
What are like? Are you okay? Like, what? Just what's going on? Because they need to get it out too. Uh, because that shit festers. You know, when you're on one side of uh, a relationship in which the other person is going through some real, real hard shit. If no one, if no one checks in on you, you're gonna be affected greatly. Like you were going to be affected deeply because it makes you feel forgotten. Right. You know, it makes you feel like no one really cared about you in the first place. It can create a kind of mental illness in and of itself, you know, a neglect um, that if you want to stay in a healthy relationship, you can't have that happen. Like you have to always check in with your partner. Like, hey, I know I'm going through some hard shit. I know I'm fucking, I, I know it's difficult to be with me right now. Thank you for being with me. And how are you doing with it? You know, and not just how are you doing with it, but how are you doing? What's your, yeah. what's, like, what's your, what's your day been? You know, like what, what is, you know, what's been going on with you? Um, just making sure that the other person is still getting what they need and you may not be able to give them everything that they need. And they also have to understand that you're not going to be able to give them your all you're 100%. Uh, and you might even be faking it. You know, you might even be like, you know, I don't give a fuck what's going on, but just making the effort is enough a lot of times. Right. You know, because, you know, sometimes being in a, a deep depression means that it is impossible to care about anything, uh, that you can't care about anything. That's just how it goes. But just making the effort will make the other person feel better and feel appreciated. That's all you need to do is just make the effort. Uh, and if you do that, then you're going to come out of that thing a hell of a lot stronger than you went into it. Well, because I feel like it's also it's just the idea of reaching out because then the person is at least at arm's length. If yeah. you're reaching out to try, you haven't pushed them so far gone that they're now an island in the middle of the ocean of your fucking relationship, which I found like exactly. It's just that tagging in mm -hmm. for a second just because I mean I'm very guilty of it I, I go into those things and I just push them away and that's not fair yeah I suck sometimes <laughs> but that's okay you know we I can acknowledge we that we suck sometimes <laughs> you know uh, we, we all we also I, I almost do like the opposite uh, where it's like no come here like come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. No, 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 no. Come here, come here. Uh, and it's not like I, I don't, you know, let I, I get I, I forget about everybody else. Yeah. You know, like I, I get so wrapped up in in my own bullshit and get so wrapped up in my own head uh, because a lot of this shit is, you know, it's like a, a constant struggle, like it's a constant fight to stay on the straight and narrow, to stay sane, to not uh, make terrible decisions one way or another, uh, and to just stay rational. It is a, it's a constant battle in my head. It, just, it never ends. Uh, but I'm kind of realizing lately uh, is that I overanalyze things to the point of destroying them. I pretty much Lenny everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, Love you. Crush the rabbit. I crush the rabbit. I know. And I, I will say, like, it's almost like Lenny is the unofficial mascot of Cave Comedy Radio because <laughs> we mention Lenny more than... We use that metaphor more than any other metaphor by far. I mean, I definitely Lenny the shit at a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do that a lot on the station. Uh, but... But yeah, I'll I'll do that. I'll overanalyze absolutely uh, everything because I'm so a 
afraid of fucking up. I'm so afraid of making the wrong decision. I'm so afraid of pissing somebody off. I'm uh, so afraid of absolutely destroying everything. So I overanalyze everything and I enjoy nothing. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not true. I don't enjoy nothing, but it's a lot harder for me to find the flavor, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot harder for me to just be, you know, yeah. to just exist. Uh, and so when that happens, when I really start overanalyzing everything, I pretty much shove my own head up, my head up my own ass, you know, and I forget about everything and I forget about everyone. Uh, and I become so focused on, uh, shit that doesn't matter. So focused on things that have no bearing on anything, analyzing every tiny little detail, uh, and forgetting about everybody and everything around me. Uh, and that is unfair. You know, because it becomes my struggle, you know, especially when you're in a relationship, you know, it, it, when you're in a relationship and you have mental illness, uh, if you really want it to make it work, it has to stop becoming your struggle and becoming our struggle, mm-hmm. you know, because that person is with you. That person is a partner. Uh, and that person has to be privy to what's going on with you. Uh, but you also have to be privy to what's going on with that person. And you have to remember that just because you suffer from mental illness does not mean that you are more important than they are. It does not mean that your feelings are more valid than their feelings. It doesn't mean that your feelings um, are worth more than their feelings. They're not. You know, they're absolutely not. It's just something different it's a different way to approach it uh and you have to stay equals in that and if you don't then one person is going to start resenting the other one way or another uh and it's not going to last i just think it's something it's always around this time of year that i'll always remember it that was years and years and years ago that i remember i finally because you know i have a hard time with christmas and Uh, i remember that you know i was dealing with another (laughs) fucking christmas that i was so upset and then i remember that i had asked i was like do you like Christmas? And he was like, honestly, I haven't even really thought about it because I've spent so many years trying to make you happy around Christmas <laughs> that I didn't even think about how I felt about it. And I was just like, oh my God. He's <laughs> like, why don't I? It's like, because it was, it was just something that it's like, I, it, because I'm so, I'm a tornado when I start thinking about things. And that I, it wasn't something that, he even had time to think about yeah. in years. Yeah, so Christmas is just like like Jackie maintenance goes up high. Just it's trying, like high alert. Yes, yeah. just trying <laughs> to keep me not, from not spinning out. Yeah, and then like that's why I'm trying to make a conscious effort to not do that anymore. I.e., not going home for Christmas this year. Where it's like I'm trying to do things because I don't want to be that. Yeah, and there are ways that we can work on this together. But that made me feel like again. A piece of shit, man. <laughs> we all feel like pieces of shit sometimes. Yeah, you know, like that's. I think everybody feels like a piece of shit sometimes. Yeah. It, it's. I think if you never feel like a piece of shit, then you're a narcissist. Yeah, exactly. You're a narcissist. <laughs> yeah. There's a, like if there's yeah. If you never feel like a piece of shit, and you always think that everything else, everything is everyone else's fault, and you know why can't they just conform to you? Then yeah, you're a fucking narcissist. Mm-hmm. So. Work on that. You know? <laughs> Not something I have to deal with at all. Narcissist is something I could definitely cross off my list of things that I am not. Yeah, I think so. 
You want to get to letters for today? Let's fucking shoop shoop our way down. <laughs> All right. First letter. What are we calling this lady? Ooh. I guess if we're shoop shoop, we're calling the Shangri-La. <laughs> the Shangri-La, though. The Shangri-La. Yeah. The Shangri-La. Yes. Singular. Yes. Not the band. No. Like, above the band. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty high praise. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jackie. Hi, Marcus. Long time listener to all of your podcasts. First time emailer. I'm looking for Jackie's advice in particular because of her nanny experience. Mm. I've been a full-time nanny slash personal assistant slash house manager slash surrogate parent to a little girl for five years now. Started at six years, and she just turned 11 last week. I was 20 when I started, and at the time, the job was a total godsend. The money is great. I travel with them. A good deal of my expenses are taken care of, and... I love the kid. However, when I started, I assumed it would be a temporary thing. I play music and figured the job would be a good way for me to fund creative projects until something became successful. Five years later, I'm still here waking up at night afraid I've grown too comfortable and will never be able to leave the safety of my job. A friend coined the term golden handcuffs in regards to my situation, and that's exactly how it feels. I'm 25, but I feel like I'm destined to watch my dreams die while I raise rich people's kids. I realize that sounds dramatic, but I'm hoping Jackie knows the feeling I'm talking about. Not only the panic of wasting my youth, but the guilt I'd feel leaving the little girl watching someone else take my place. It's the weirdest job because it crosses so many boundaries and in my experience, the qualities that make you really good at it are the exact things that make it toxic and confusing. Please, please, please give me some guidance. Love you both. The Shangri-La. Girl, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Girl. Oh my God. I really, really enjoy the term golden handcuffs because that is exactly what it is. Yeah. It is the sweetest job and the worst job all at the same time. And it's hard. It is hard to leave. I had I had a long-term one all through college, and then I had one for many years in New York. The thing is, is that you're not their parent. Mm-hmm. And that is something that you have to to tell yourself and I know that sounds so like, I know that you're doing it and you're trying but there's something about having the connection with the kids that what I tried to do was my, both the parents in my situation even though they treated me great and I traveled with them as well they did made it make it clear that I was an employee yeah and any little spark of what you get from those parents has nothing to do with this kid at this point focus in on that Remember, you are an employee for them. And the parents don't feel, even though they, you know, they include you, they do all that stuff. At the end of the day, you're doing the shit work. Mm -hmm. You're doing the work that they don't, don't, can't even bother to do. And if you think about it in a way that like, you're almost even giving a gift that even if it's just for a few weeks, that the little girl has to be around her parents for a few weeks. Think of that. Yeah. That's something that she needs. I mean, I'm still in contact with uh, the family from uh, college. Really? I so, oh, yeah, I still get Christmas cards from them. I so because I wanted to know, and I still remain in contact with them. I mean, the kids were young, but I, so I wasn't like messaging them on Facebook, but I mean, every once in a while I look them up because I'm a creep. Yeah. <laughs> but just <laughs> to make sure that they're doing creep. well. Yeah. And. I mean, the one here, I loved my boys in New York so much, and it meant the world to me, but the woman I worked for was such a horrible bitch mm. that it made it pretty easy to leave. Yeah, It's just, it's such a weird mind fuck when you think you're a part of the family. You're not. 
remembering that you're not. Remembering that, like, even at the end of the day, like, no matter how comfortable you can get, it's not like being in your mom's house. It's not like, you know, that you can just kick off and be like, whatever, this is my space, because it's not your space. And I think it's like remembering all of those little things that make it a job is what helps. Yeah. You can stay in contact with the little girl. You can still, it's like with the Christmas cards and doing all that kind of stuff and emails now and like you can still FaceTime with her too. And I imagine that it would help that, you know, if you help them find another person. But I don't think it would. Yeah. And also she's 11. She's about to hit puberty. So it's a good time to get out. Get out of there. <laughs> get out of it. But I think that it's like, it, I think, you gotta go I mean 25 years you have a wasted your youth no. you still have fucking time but it's hard to do it's like with a comedy job because I thought the same thing I was like oh I'll work at night I'll get it but the, it's rough mm-hmm. to have to be a parent all day when you're not a parent and then go do late night shows that has to be your priority now it's time to switch your priority and I think that you can do it yeah. I think you're ready for it save money that's the thing maybe give yourself a six month Give yourself six months. Mm-hmm. Get through the holidays. Save as much fucking money as you can. And that's all you can do. Because that's what I did at both the jobs that I did. That when I knew that it was going to be coming. And I also talked with the kids about it. Yeah, It wasn't like I just up and left. I talked to them in advance. And I was like, I'm going to have to go. It was harder in Tallahassee because they were so young. And one of them had Asperger's. So that yeah. was... She never understood. And yeah. I remember the last time I saw her, and I was, she was like, okay, we see you tomorrow. And I was like, well, you're not going to see me tomorrow. It was like, then I was like, I'm not going to, yeah. I can't do this. But the other kids were, you know, happy for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. You know, you have to remember that if, if she does see you as an older sister or a mom type, it's like she's just going to be happy for you and she'll miss you. Mm-hmm. At least she's old enough now. She's old enough to understand, without a doubt. Eleven years, eleven years old is a hell of a lot older than people really think it is. They oh, yeah. understand Way quite more. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. It's it is hard. Give yourself an out. Save a bunch of money, and just cut that umbilical cord. Yeah. I mean, it's like living at home. Golden handcuffs. Yeah. You know, it's like it's great, but it's also not great. I gotta go do my thing, but I can't. You know. And you gotta also ask yourself, you know, what are you gonna do instead? Like that's, that's you're still going to make thing. money. It's yeah, not you, like you're automatically going to make money doing music. No. I mean, you might have another 10 years if you want to make money making, mu- making music. You know, you might have a long time ahead of yourself. But what I did was that I found a place that was, I mean, now I'm invested in it because that's just how I work. But finding a place that is just a job. Mm-hmm. It's not something you think about. You go in, you do it. When you leave, you don't think about it anymore. And that's your goal. Just a job. Look at a fucking coffee shop. Look at a restaurant. Look at something that is just, or temp agency, that you can just work on other things or think about other things while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of our friends have jobs that are, you know, it's something where they they have pretty mindless jobs where they don't have to worry when they're outside of work what's happening inside of work. Like what right. they're going to, you know, like right now you're worried, you know, you're not, you leave work and you know, the kid's sick and you're probably still worried about the kid, but you know, you work at a coffee shop and the person 
working next to you is sick, you don't give a fuck. No, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't. You don't really, really. Not really. You don't really care. You go home and you forget about it. Uh, and I think that's the type of job that you're looking for. Um, it may not pay as well as what no, you're used to right now. It, it never it, will. Yeah, <laughs> it never will. God damn the money I used to make. Ooh, pretty good. Ooh, it's really good. It's really really yeah. good. It's really hard job to leave. But I mean, honestly, now I love my job because it is the only time of day that my brain shuts off, mm-hmm. that I'm on autopilot, that I just do the job and then I leave and then I, the anxiety of the world comes crashing down on me of all of the things. But for those eight hours, I was thinking about any of that shit. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Want to do one more? Yeah, let's do it. So what are we going to call her? Ooh, how about Squirrel Nut Zippers? Let's go. We're going for a band. Oh, yeah. Ba- it's a I'm band going day. Bands. Yeah. Where did you, you pull Squirrel Nut Zippers from? That's. Um, I, I was listening thought about to them the in forever. soundtrack. <laughs> 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 Early <heard. laughs> All right. Here's it. It says. Uh, dear Jackie and Marcus, appreciate the open, honest mental health discussion. Hopeful, inspiring stuff. Thank you. Hell Thank you yeah. for listening. I have been in therapy for nearly four years after a particularly nasty, obsessive, compulsive episode sent me to outpatient. While it was absolutely not the place I was looking to hang out for most of my summer, it was incredibly helpful in terms of understanding how my anxiety worked and certain triggers of my anxiety. My therapist is awesome, and my OCD is under great control. My OCD is not the cleaning color code type I suffer from pure O which is basically a terrifying thought enters my brain and it plays over and over again and it is so scary that I can't eat or work and life becomes a total chore my issue is anger apparently I am filled with rage and that thought scares me more than anything I've tried to come to terms with making anger my friend and to respect and allow the anger to be free but I have no idea how to release so I guess my question is what are some healthy ways you're able to find to release concerning anger anger. Thank you for doing your part. I believe people who have gotten help found successful treatment concerning mental health should always give back and share their story to guide others. So kudos. Squall not zipper. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. It, it is for someone that I went through years of anger management therapy. It really did help. It's all about, I mean, it's about zeroing in and, and finding where it's coming from and what you, because every person is different in how they want to deal with their anger. I know a lot of people that Exercise mm. that you know that it's like it's the kickboxing classes, all that shit. That, like that stuff really fucking works. And obviously, I'm not that person. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds really silly, but when I get really angry, what I like to do, number one thing that calms me down personally, is cook. Yeah, I like to look up crazy recipes, like something that I've never made before, something that looks really hard. And I try to make it. It's something about refocusing your energy. If you're by yourself, this is like only when I'm by myself. It's the most Italian like thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's silly. But it's like it's the refocusing of like I need to think about something that is almost to a point that is difficult, like that I have mm. to think about to really bring me down out of this. And for me, that works. I mean, I, I I had a friend that used to like rip paper. She would sit and just rip paper into tiny little pieces and that motion, that repetitive motion made her feel better. I think it is definitely, it's a ebb and flow. It's like you just kind of got to figure it out for yourself. 
My problem is I still throw things. Mm. I try not to throw things. Instead, I'll hit a pillow. And that is something, you know, that's that old timey anger management thing. But you know what? It fucking helps. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt yourself. It's trying to find things that you can do to help yourself that don't hurt yourself or other people around you. And that is very important. It took me a long time <laughs> to learn that. Um, but I think that you could do it. Honestly, if you could look into anger management therapy, it is. Just being able to have somebody that can, when you're in that place or that can get you to that place and then talk you down out of it for you to realize what you can do to help you bring it down. So that's what they do is they purposely get you angry? That's what I went through. Yeah. I think it is another one of those things that is different for a lot of people. Right. Is that I needed because like I am very different on a regular basis that I had to get because I was like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I get angry, but I don't get that angry. And she learned my triggers of how to get me really pissed off. And like, that sounds so. What did she do? <clears throat> a lot of things. <laughs> There's a lot of things. It's a, I mean, it's body issue things. It's, you know, it's family things. And, and for me, it's also just some things just like just looking at me wrong. Yeah. And, and that's where I figured out when I call it the red because I wanted to make it a thing. Mm. I didn't want it to just be a concept inside of my head. I needed it to be physical for me to be able to understand it. And so when I get to red, when I get into the red is when I have to start refocusing my energy and and get it down. And I try to feel it. I feel it in the top of my head, and then I, I I think of it as an actual thing, and I make it dissolve into my body. Like something that I'm like pulling apart, and then I watch it almost like a lava lamp as it goops down through the rest of my body, and that helps me. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I mean, you know. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I, I've got a, I've actually got a, um, like an OCD visualization that I use. Because I'm not OCD or anything like that. Like, of course it's not. But it is something like the intrusive thoughts. Like, I, I do have the intrusive thought stuff. Nowhere near as bad as I used to. Uh, but there is still some of that going on. Uh, and I talked about, I talked about this on a, like a way far back episode. I think maybe even, I, it might even been with Sarah, like fucking years and years ago. Uh, but one of the things, the visualization, visualization that I had, uh, was that those intrusive thoughts, uh, were like little finger puppets, you know, like the little finger puppets that you get in, uh, the little plastic bu- bubbles. Yeah. In supermarkets uh the little monsters you know Mm -hmm. uh and the way i kind of thought about it is that those monsters if there is no finger for those monsters to rest on then they're just pieces of plastic there's actually there's nothing uh to power those things on their own uh and for me what those like the intrusive thoughts like what the uh i guess delivery mechanism for those intrusive thoughts would be a hand and then i realized there is no hand there is no driving force behind there is no real driving force behind these intrusive thoughts there is no motivation for it there's no reality behind these things it's just my brain playing tricks on me it's just that's pretty much what it is it's your brain playing tricks on you it's like a protective mechanism uh it's trying to shield you from something some sort of like past trauma that you have there's some sort of 
uh, shielding going on, some sort of protection, uh, but there's no basis for it. And so that was the visualization that I had was I would think about those little finger puppets in a hand where or those finger puppets on fingers and then the hand would disappear and they'd fall to the ground. Uh, and then sometimes they get up and they'll run away and laugh and they're like, I'll see you later. I'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll get monsters. you. And now I, I mean, I still, the visualization I kind of have now is kind of like that. You know, when I feel uh, in extreme, you know, overanalyzing, when I kind of feel like shitty thoughts coming into my brain, worming their way into uh, my psyche, uh, I just imagine myself coming out and kicking those little puppets and I'm like, get, get out of here. Yeah. Get, get, get out of here. And then, <laughs> and then they'll like kind of run away like, hee, 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 see you later, fucker. And then I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll see you next time. It's like you're living in Leprechaun. <laughs> Yeah, because they're never like I've I've I have um you know long ago like no actually not even that long ago but I I've had to um you know be, you, you have to make peace with the fact that you know this shit just doesn't go away you know like you don't it gets better you know and it can and eventually like certain techniques that you use to deal with this stuff uh can become autopilot like i'm sure a lot of the stuff that that you learned in anger management it just kind of becomes autopilot and you don't even really think about doing it you just do it you've trained your brain to do that uh but you know it never really goes away you know it it never really stops completely um so you still kind of have to have those little tips and tricks here and there you just can't forget them so I mean, really, the anger, yeah, you'll always probably be kind of an angry person, but just so long as it doesn't negatively affect your life and just so long as you're aware of it and you're taking care of it, don't feel bad about it. You'll be okay. And also remember to breathe. Always. That's something. <laughs> always. No, but like, that is something that is that is a really good thing, especially when you're first starting out. It's that when you're that angry, you're not thinking about your bre- like your breathing. And it's another easy way to focus your energy on something else. It's like doing the and just stare at a wall. Mm-hmm. And do it for as long as you need to. Yeah. And that helps. I would imagine a bathroom stall is your friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, how many times I just see- go into a bathroom just you Fuck! Scream! Just, but you know, tiny screams. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you scare other people in the bathroom. But you know, (laughs) you know, they don't fuck with you. Yeah, well, of course they don't fuck with you. Why would they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'll be all right. You just have to find your little. Yeah, your your tips and tricks, man. We all got them. And you're working on it, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, you're going to therapy. You've been in therapy for four years, uh, and. You're working on it. You've already got the big shit under control. Now it's time uh, to take care of uh, all the little things. Little and, monsters. And then after that, you just got to keep that ma- that lo- that lawn mowed. Keep that. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like pussy hair. Memes. I know. I know it sounded dirty. I know it sounded dirty. I'm sorry. I could not say it. Keep your lawn. <laughs> oh God! I try to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we got time for this week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. If you've got uh, any questions for us, or if you uh, got anything to comment uh, about on our episode today, I also want to thank uh, somebody who wrote in uh, about 
our uh, borderline uh, personality disorder letter last week uh, that somebody who uh, had you know been diagnosed with borderline and did a lot of work over the years uh, to really maintain it and get it under control and she said she's living a great life now Hell yeah. and I, I you know I, I gave her the email of our uh, you know our our anonymous uh, our anom- anonymous person and uh, if our anonymous person that wrote in about that didn't get that email uh, email us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com and uh, I'll be sure to put you guys in contact because she said she had uh, some good stuff to tell you and she'll be able to tell you a hell of a lot better than we can hell yeah alright so uh, make noise and be free fuckers I'm gonna my fuck it